So my tip is to spend two or three days in your business just jotting down everything you do. And then at the end of those two or three days, look through the list and go, well, I don't need to be doing that. I don't need to be doing that, but I'm going to keep that on my task list. And the stuff that you don't need to be doing is what the virtual assistant can do. Well, hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. And this is a podcast where we help you with your branding challenge. That's what we do, right? Yeah, I think that's a good way of summarizing it. I'm just trying to keep it short. You know, if after however many episodes we've done, 50-something, if I can't summarize the brand for our podcast into one sentence, then we are in trouble. Should we talk about the episode? Yeah, we should. I love this one. I really love this one. I love this guest. Our listeners, time is valuable. Just as your target audience's time is valuable. So let's just cut to the chase, Phil. Mm, I like your style. Cut to it. Okay. I'm waiting for you. Okay. So this episode is really awesome. Not only because we just love our guest, Catherine, but because Catherine has a really cool business where basically she hires out virtual assistants and teaches them her methodologies and handles their payments and everything like that and connects them with clients. And she's got a really thriving business in the UK. However, Catherine's challenge is that she wants more male virtual assistants. So Mm -hmm. we talk about whether that is the right target audience for her. And if it is, how she can really, really drill down. Yeah. And how it be specific in the message. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love this episode. And even if you're not a virtual assistant, there's still a lot you can learn from her business and the discussion we have around, should I start to attract a brand new audience? Should I? You know, or is that not what you should do? It's very interesting, this chat. What else do we have, Lauren, in terms of obviously the podcast, but also the download? Yes, they're good. So our free download is how to identify your target market worksheet. So Mm -hmm. figuring out who you're targeting, what they're all about, what they care about, et cetera. And then our blog post is content tips for specific target markets. So this is really interesting because it basically teaches you how to adjust and tailor your message to appeal to your different target markets, even if your initial message is the same. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, you said let's cut to the chase, so why don't we cut to the chase? All right. Here's our episode. <gasps> Sorry, I did your role. You did. You... Well, you go ahead. You you have this. <laughs> All right. Here is our episode with Catherine. I say here's our conversation. Oh, so do it sorry. once more. Crap. Yeah. This is our This brand. is why you do it. This is why you do it. Here is our conversation with Catherine. Shall Perfect. we? You always say, shall we? And then I have to go, let's do it every time. Let's do it. Let's Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Okay, let's let's actually do it. Let's actually do it. Hi, I'm Catherine and my business is Delegate VA. I work as a virtual assistant, but alongside that as well, I also teach other people to become virtual assistants. So my question to you guys, Phil and Lauren, was what's the importance with branding when considering your ideal client? So I don't just want to work with women. I want to be appealing to men as well because men can be virtual assistants. So do I need to consider colors, mindsets, likes and dislikes? So 
that's not something I can do on my own. So I really appreciate the time to ask you that question and find out a bit more. Wonderful. Well, we're happy you're here. And actually, I like that you've thought about this and thought, this is a decision I want some input on rather than just kind of making some decisions as it relates to your brand you can make on your own. But trust me, even me, branding, I've done it for a long time. There's a lot of decisions I can't make on my own. And Lauren, right, you agree. Like there's things that you're like, let me just double check with Phil. And I'm like, let me just double check with Lauren. Like sometimes it's important to have a conversation (laughs) around these decisions. Absolutely. It's so easy to just go ahead and go with something that you like. But I do find I have to, I do have to consider my audience or, or I feel that I do anyway. So I've, with the virtual assistant training bit, I've incorporated a mint green so that it's not too girly. But then is that too girly? I don't know. So I go around in circles. Well, this is a really interesting challenge. And I love that you're considering this potential audience too. I find that it's helpful when you're appealing, trying to appeal to a new audience to think about a specific person in mind when you're branding or writing or whatever. So my first question for you is, have you found or spoken with men who want to become virtual assistants? And is that where this idea came from? Yes, I have. Actually, my first mentoring student, if you like, was was a man. And I've also started a private members club for virtual assistants. And I'm absolutely delighted to have a, a man in there as well. It's, it's, he's only one man amongst women, but I'm just really pleased to have that diversity. So, yeah, there, has, there have been two that have, uh, have come into my, my world, if you like. Awesome. And would you say that the motivations of those men you've spoken with for why they want to become a virtual assistant is different than the women that you work with? No, not largely at all. It's usually that they're they're not happy in being an employee. They find that the work-life balance is limited. Stress levels are really high. They just want to do something um, that makes their work in life much more enjoyable, something that they can control. So it's, it's, it's actually the same as the women. I'm not trying to like, I was like, oh God, this is seeming so sexist as I was asking it. But I also, I haven't come across many male virtual assistants in my life. And I was just wondering, like, do they, is there something different that they're drawn to than, I mean, women are natural caretakers and they really like to help and take care of other people. And I was wondering maybe if men might be more drawn to the fact that you're multitasking and accomplishing a lot. Like, not that women aren't, oh God, here I am just digging myself into a hole. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, even though, you know, I cannot multitask very well at all. It has to be one task. So I think that my partner, that, who's, who's male, is actually much better at multitasking than me. <laughs> so maybe men will be better at being virtual assistants. <laughs> to be honest, I just Googled something related to male virtual assistant, man virtual assistant, and actually not a lot of stuff came up. So I feel like this is already something that you could be writing on. And just so that we can hopefully get you in this Google search, because I love that you're passionate about it. I love that it's uh, it's kind of like the difference between walking into a room that's crowded and trying to tell people your opinion, right? So how to become a virtual assistant in 10 easy steps, whatever. There's going to be, that's going to be a very crowded room. But yeah, you walk into a room that's geared towards men and virtual assistants. Like, that's less crowded. And so you have a higher chance of standing out. So I kind of love the idea of you just maybe starting to explore the creation of content and dialogue and conversation discussion around that idea is really cool. 
I don't even know so much if this is a conversation about color or anything kind of aesthetic. To me, and I always say branding is not just about how it looks. It's not just about looking good. It's really about using it as a business tool. So I love that color kind of manifests a bigger conversation around who is your audience? Would you say so? Even if you're, even if someone's just getting started with a business, we have to identify our audience, but be flexible to adjust depending on where business takes us. But at the same time, even if we've been in business for a few years, it's a good idea to stop and reflect on who exactly is our audience. Of course, because it can change as well, can't it? As we learn more, as we evolve, and you know, as we meet different people in different sectors our audience might change and uh, our ideal client might change as well. So good point. Completely. It's determined by where you spend your time, geographically, what your interests are. My first audience was TV hosts. So before I started branding all different kinds of projects and people around the world, it started as working with TV hosts. That was an industry that I was interested in just personally. It was something I thought about pursuing for a long time. But then I thought, I don't want to be one of them. I actually would rather work and help these people get discovered on the internet and hopefully increase the likelihood, you know, that they'll book a job. So I'm going to flip that on to you, Catherine, more than a discussion about color. We'll revisit that. What target market or group of people really excites you with your work? Okay, so I think it's more about the people that they are. So I want to work with people that want to start and run their own virtual assistant business that are determined. So one of the questions I always ask people is, what does success mean for you? Or what does a a successful business mean to you? So that, you know, if they say, well, it's just so that I can spend more time at home with the children, I don't see that as a real passion to get the business up and running and make it a success. It's more of a need than a, a want. So it's people that are willing to work hard and have got a real passion to do it and not just make a quick buck or anything. You've got a few different audiences you're juggling, right? Because you've got your virtual assistant business, but you've also got virtual assistants that need some guidance. Let me give you a brand hero, a friend of mine who works as an interior designer, but also has built a brand that teaches interior designers how to structure their business. So her name is Kimberly Selden, and she's um, based in Toronto, Canada and uh, very successfully juggles a few different business verticals, uh, design projects, but then also teaching the business of design is, is her brand. So that's one worth checking out. Ah, yeah. I'm gonna, I've written that down. I'll have a look at her in a minute. That's great. That covers both elements, doesn't it? Yeah. When we think about audiences, generally, we will, Phil and I don't think about demographics. We try to think about the emotional motivation or the problem that the audience needs solved. So usually what we do is we, we narrow it down to three audiences. And if you're really set on becoming a public speaker, or doing more media, then those gatekeepers, producers, those people should be your third audience, which I think would be yours too. So for your first two audiences, it seems like you're appealing to virtual assistants. So those are determined, hardworking people who want to feel a sense of accomplishment in the work that they do and who want to have the flexibility to work from home. I think that would be the first bucket because the problem that they need solved is they're probably really, really good and really motivated at their current job, but they want to be able to do it where they want to. They don't want to be you know, tied to a location. And then I think the second audience for you would be those business owners. So those are people who are driven 
by helping organizations or businesses at large in a way that's scalable. And they also maybe get a thrill from helping like to coach people on their team to be more organized and more capable than they ever thought possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lauren, we've never spoken before and, and you, you know, you've nailed it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> she has yeah. a way of doing that. <laughs> you said she did, Phil, when I met you um, back last year. You said I, she did. And I was right. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you was right. <laughs> thank you. But I, so I think like if that feels right to you, I'm looking at your website right now and I think the how to become a virtual assistant page is awesome. And I really, really like that you have like the list of reasons why people are visiting your site today. And I encourage you to continue building on those and be even more direct with your language. Like think about it more from a sense of like accomplishment and really like, I think really just dig your heels into the determined angle. I think that's like a great area for you to rock. Okay, brilliant. I'm writing this down as well for, uh, well, menopausal brain it will, will, will make me forget <laughs> otherwise. <That's... laughs> well, good thing we're recording this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Most things have to be recorded now for me. <laughs> I'm looking at the homepage of your website right now and you have an overview of who you are, which is awesome. But I think maybe the key is to have that emotional pull, like be the largest thing on the page and right up top above the fold. Because I think, I think maybe just something like, I help bring freedom to determined, accomplished individuals. Because I think that's what you do. But something along those lines, just to really like intrigue people off of the bat and also speak to your male audience. Yeah, that's great. How did you come up with that so quickly? It's all words you used. That's it. It's just words you used. Usually just listening (laughs) to what you say, because this is every day for you, right? I mean, you live it every day. So for you to say it out loud to people like us that are less familiar with your work, you just say it and explain it because this is what you live. But what's also important is listening to yourself in those moments. It's in conversations like this where actually those tidbits of gold for your brand we can mine them, you know, from sentences that you say without even realizing it. I have another thought on this. That is something that I've selfishly that I've thought about. You know, I've always wanted to hire a virtual assistant, but me as a prospective customer, I've never really known what to hire a virtual assistant to help me do. So I love the idea of on your website, if you could indicate, let me be your audience as you craft this, give me a few examples of how clients work with you might be really cool because it might be something that I do myself without even realizing it and go, actually, you know, by hiring someone else to do that, it saves me time to do whatever it is I do. So I love the idea of giving some examples of like how you could help busy and accomplished people. Yeah, I've done that in blog posts, but of course, it's so hard to look through blog posts, isn't it? I've done it for the SEO reason on my Delegate VA website, but I need to answer those questions on the front page, don't I? You're absolutely right. I think right. so. I, I do. I think this is one of those cases where we can escalate from blog post to actual page or even incorporate it on your about page or maybe your services page. It makes me think of a website we did recently for a client where on the about page, we gave an example of the last six projects or clients she booked uh, as a travel brand. And so we actually say, here's what I've been doing recently. Boom, boom, boom. And I think that's potentially more convincing than any kind of sales page. 
sure. because it lets people use their imagination of how they can benefit from you based on how others before them have done that. So I think I'd escalate that from blog post, definitely important as a blog post, but I'd put that right on a services page so people can see and get, of course. get creative. So that they can relate to it, I guess, as well. Because when you can relate exactly. to something, you understand. Yeah, I love that. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. Hold up. Good conversation, but now's the moment where we take a pause. So you heard this at the beginning of the episode, but in case you were, you know, distracted or cooking or driving or whatever and not listening, here it is again. Our free download for the week is on philiphallen.co slash resources, and you can figure out how to identify your target market through our worksheet. It's a really good one, right, Phil? I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love all of our worksheets. So this one is really good. Also browse some of the others that we've done in the past weeks. I like that we've started doing this. I think it's really, really useful to take the conversation we have, listen to it, but then actually do something with it. So this week is really good. Totally. And our blog post, if you're not feeling like downloading anything, although that would be a dire mistake, it, our blog post of the week is content tips for specific target markets. So Phil, mm -hmm. do you want to summarize what that's about? Yeah, I mean... Our business, well, you wrote it, so you summarize it, but our business is an example of a specific target market, right? We do personal branding. When we started, it was for TV hosts. Now it's for a little bit of everyone, but we are an example, as long with, you know, along with many of our podcast guests, where you focus on one industry and then you branch out. You can't be everything to everyone, otherwise you appeal to no one. So this worksheet, I feel like this is a really good one to help identify that specific audience. Totally. But what about the blog post? Oh, uh, <laughs> I meant blog post. I can't keep <laughs> track right. of all this crap. I know. I'm just crap. <laughs> Download it, guys. A freebie. Go Get there. It. It's crap. It's crap. <laughs> okay, great. So everyone just remember philpallen.co slash resources. Mm. Tons of great stuff in there to help you improve your brand. That's enough of that. Let's go back to Catherine. Let's do it. I've tried to hire a VA at least three times and the conversation always just kind of fizzles out because I never know what to assign them. So I really believe something like this could be the make or break between someone deciding yes or no, let's move forward. And then what's beautiful about this, Catherine, that excites me is that you try this out on your own brand and then you incorporate that into how you educate others. Of course, of course, yeah. Can I also give a tip as well? If you're ever thinking of working with a virtual assistant, the tip please that do. I give yeah, because I've I've failed. <laughs> <laughs> the tip that I give to because I get a lot of inquiries from people saying, "Look, I know I need some help, but I don't know where to start." So my tip is to spend two or three days in your business, just jotting down everything you do, and then at the end of those two or three days, look through the list and go, "Well, I don't need to be doing that. I don't need to be doing that, but I'm going to keep that." on my task list. And the stuff that you don't need to be doing is what the virtual assistant can do. I love it. It's so smart. It seems like common sense. And it's just, it is, but that is, I almost need to hear it again. It's a really good idea. <laughs> and you even said too, Catherine, when you, when you started this tip, you said, start here, the place to start. So I actually wonder if there should be a tab on your website. And I see this on some people's expert websites, start here. You know, consider that having a page in your navigation called Start Here. Those are your exact words. Oh, what a great idea. Yeah. Okay. 
that's going on my notes as well. Well, it's your idea. <laughs> I, I'd love to take all the credit for it, but it was your idea. Oh. <laughs> we can share it. I love it. I love There's it. There's another brand that I love, Phil loves. We refer, Phil's always like, let's only use one example one time per podcast across the whole thing, but I'm going to reuse them again, is the brand Home Polish. So they're really big out in the U.S., so you might not have heard of them, but they're basically a network of interior designers where you get a set price, you can go do it all through their system and they'll do an initial audit and then scope out a project and basically handle your interior design. And it feels less risky to go through home polish than to like hire an interior designer independently because you've got the security of an organization. So I would take a look at Home Polish, their website, and really look at the copy they use. Like they're so like to the point. It's just a delight to look through their site. And I think that you could be strongly inspired by just the overall structure and language that they use. And I also know like interior design is a typically like feminine area of work. But obviously, there are male interior designers. So this could also be a good brand hero for you visually in terms of the color choices they use and the neutral tones that they take, the fonts that they choose. There are a lot of similarities. Theirs just feels like slightly more masculine than yours. And it might it might be a good reference point. Yeah, absolutely. What a lovely website. And it doesn't it doesn't shout any gender at all, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. And what and I know that they specialize in interiors, but you know, there might be something cool about showing like shots of different workspaces or different desks and different styles like all throughout your website. Just, I don't know. I think that's kind of a cool, a cool thing to explore. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, I love it. And I love their about page. I think too. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love their about page. Oh, I love that page. I reference that all the time when I'm designing. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I got it. I got it. I'll have a look at that. I'll keep that open to have a, have a look later. Oh, this just makes me want to work with you. What I love. Yay, 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 yay. (laughs) What I love. Here's what I love. We are rounding off this discussion of audience with visuals. So maybe other branding people out there would disagree with me, but actually the visuals are the reward. They're absolutely essential and necessary. But to me, this is a bit like dessert. So we don't eat dessert first, unless we're being weird, right? First, we have, you know, we need to we need to be clear, 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 clear on who is our audience? How can we satisfy them, right? Like any good business does. Yeah. So when we're clear on the gift, then we get to wrap the gift with paper that's going to make people stop in their tracks. So now we're talking about colors. And it might be time to make a slight adjustment because the colors you've got now are fairly feminine. Mm. But um, that's the fun part, right? The picking yeah. out the wrapping paper so that people remember you the more important part of this to be able to do that and be informed is that first part, which is really understanding not necessarily what you want, but exactly who your audience is and what they want. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this has been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm, not, I'm actually sat here lis- listening to you and thinking, right, so when can we start working together and get this done? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. What is going to be? Well, tell us of all the ideas that we've shared with you and you're kind of revving and ready to go. What's going to be your next step? Well, I just pick up on you saying that people that eat dessert first are weird because I think I'm going to start a campaign about dessert first because I think we should all eat dessert first. But yeah, the bits that I'm definitely going to pick up on, (laughs) (laughs) the bits that I'm going to definitely pick up on is to have a more direct language. So speak more directly with them. I liked Lauren's bit on I help bring freedom to determined, accomplished individuals. Just that one sentence there targets the audience that I'm looking to work with, that I want to work with. So just looking at that, again, looking at that one sentence that Lauren said will enable me to think about the rest of the language on my website. And I am also going to focus on opening up myself more male VAs. That sounds bad. I'm probably going to have to rethink how I, yeah, how I think I work. Just because, you know, there's, there's men out there that can do an equally good job as being a virtual assistant as women. So to look at that, to look at my about page and just kind of step back from it all and blink and reset, if you like. Yeah, this has been enormous. That's wonderful. That sounds like a plan. I think it's nice to have a little discussion, right? Around, like we said at the beginning, it's nice for you to make some of these day-to-day decisions on your own. But in the way a VA would, you know, help someone, like we're having conversations now that the end result from some discussion, some dialogue is really beneficial. So I love how pumped up and excited you are to take those steps. And those sound good to me. Do they sound good to you, Lauren? They sound awesome. Catherine, it's been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. What were you going to say, Catherine? I want to get that last thought you were about to say. Oh, well, I was just going to say that it's, it just shows the importance of working with people that know their area because I could work on my website all day, every day and still not get a polished website that speaks to my audience, which is why you need to bring in experts like you and Lauren. And I think this very short call, we've hardly been on the line long at all, just shows that. So thank you so much. Oh, you're amazing. Yes, you are. I love your personality. I love just everything about you. Thank you so much for spending a few fun, productive minutes with us on Brand Therapy. Thank you so much. Take care. We'll chat with you soon. Bye. Bye. There we go. All right. We covered a lot there. A lot. We did. And she was just so open and receptive and excited to be here with us for a few minutes. And I just love that she appreciated it. And more importantly, that she's going to take what we discussed and put it into action. Love that. Yeah, me too. I think it's really fascinating that she came in wanting to discuss colors when really there is like so much more to figure out first. You know what I mean? There always is. Like colors, as fun as it is to talk about it, it's kind of like, it's not that important. I always say to people, they're like, you know, the psychology of color, if I make my brand orange, will that make people hungry? I'm like, honestly, I don't follow any of those rules. (laughs) Like, I'd rather go against what other people do just to increase the likelihood that you'll be noticed. Totally, totally. So I think the main thing, the most important thing that we talked about was how to identify her audience, don't you think? Completely, yeah. How, basically, how to speak the language of your target audience, right? How do you say something that will hopefully make them respond to you and identify themselves in how you've positioned your business? That's the most important thing. 
Yeah. And while it's so scary to commit to being bold and direct in your language, I really do think that it helps intrigue the right people off the bat. Usually, I mean, I guess I could talk about like the process that we follow a little bit, but but generally when we're thinking about a target audience, we'll think about like three things. Like what does this person care about? What drives this person? And what problem are you helping them solve? Don't you think that's kind of the the important things to consider? Completely. You've now just revealed your secrets to everyone. Now they know the secret <laughs> process of Lauren Moore when it comes to identifying your target audience. But it's true. I mean, those are the questions we ask, right? So number one, what does this person care about? Number two, what drives this person? Number three, what problem are you helping them solve? Notice how they're all qualitative, behavior, feel. It's not, you know, give a random demographic assignment of gender and age and just a wide sweeping claim. The days of those kind of general parameters are gone, in my opinion. When it comes to targeting, now you can get specific and it should be behavior driven. Definitely. Definitely. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, maybe just this comes up a lot, but creating an inventory of your own thoughts and ideas. So I use a combination of things. I use an app called it's called Brain Toss. So when I have a quick idea, right? If I'm in conversation, this happened the other day at a networking event, I had an idea, needed to get that idea down because I thought, oh my God, that'd make a great email blast. Boom, use this app called Brain Toss. Just pull your phone out, say it out loud while the app is open and it will email you the audio and a transcription of that audio instantly. So I think the app is like $2, but honestly, it's the best $2 I've ever spent in the app store. Yeah, because it can help you figure out language that you naturally use that also emotionally appeals to your ideal audience. Like Catherine used the word determined right off the bat. And yet on her website, determined was nowhere to be found. <laughs> right. Because I, I picture someone sitting in a blank Word doc going, okay, where do I start? And usually the results yeah. of that is people don't start at all. So audit yourself for those moments. You know, let's say here's something I did the other day. I did a podcast interview, right? Half an hour to be on someone else's podcast, kind of a long time in my day when you add it all up. So what I did was actually transcribe. I recorded that podcast locally and I transcribed the audio and I wrote a hundred tweets from half an hour of audio. So there's a way to repurpose and even just take what you're saying in conversation with a stranger and doing something with it. Definitely. Well, I guess now is where we ask people for five-star reviews. We do, we do. If you enjoyed <laughs> this episode with Catherine, what a sweetie pie, let us know. Visit the iTunes store. You can leave a review that actually helps people find us. And, th and a shout out to the, the, the several people that just did it a few days ago. Lauren and I literally keep an eye on that spot. And when you give us a shout out, we appreciate it. What else? Find us on social media. I'm at Phil Palin. I'm at the Lauren Moore. Hashtag brand therapy. That's where we'll continue this conversation. And until next time, we thank you for hanging out with us for a few minutes today. And we look forward to the next time. See you then. See you then. And next week on Brand Therapy, here's what you can expect. It's about having a really strong strategy and putting the plan in place and really going for the plan. These things just don't happen by chance.